And if I can be that role model to say, it's okay. Look at me. I'm married to a man. We have a family. We, we love each other. And uh, just like my classroom teachers did in the past, they modeled relationships different than mine, but they modeled those relationships. And so I hope that I can model those relationships and share that part of my life because it is healthy and it is, it is real. Hello and welcome to School Me, the National Education Association's podcast dedicated to helping educators thrive in the early stages of their career. I'm your host, Natika Samuels. June is Pride Month, and at NEA, we're celebrating LGBTQ educators, students, and families. But we're also fighting back against hateful attacks that aim to censor diverse voices, like Florida's Don't Say Gay or Trans Law. In the spirit of lifting up LGBTQ plus stories, we're rebroadcasting our episode with Jane Foster, a 20-year early childhood educator, gay teacher, and LGBTQ plus advocate currently teaching in Arlington, Virginia. After you listen to this episode, be sure to check out our resources for education, celebration, and resistance in the show notes. Thank you for joining me, Jane. Hello. Thank you for having me. Let's just start off with a little bit about yourself. How did you get into education and where are you from and how's your experience as an educator been so far? I've had the pleasure of being a teacher for 20 years and my career started in Nebraska. My father was a a career educator. He taught to the community college level for almost 40 years. It was always what I wanted to do. My father inspired me and three generations before him of grandmothers and great-grandmothers have inspired me as well. So it's kind of in our blood. So I've always known since I was a little boy that I wanted to be a teacher and going to school with my father and seeing what his daily schedule looked like was really kind of inspirational. So that's where it started. And my dad always told me like the first thing you do when you get your first teaching assignment is join the union, the NEA, and also get to know your secretary and your custodian. I did those things and it's been a good career, good ride so far. And right now you're teaching preschool. Is that correct? Yes. I've always taught early childhood. That's my passion. So I've taught second grade, first grade, kindergarten, and now I'm in preschool. So (laughs) as my career progressed, as I keep getting younger. (laughs) Yes, I I have the pleasure of teaching four-year-olds in Arlington, Virginia. And I spend my day with 16 four-year-olds and we laugh and have fun all day long. So why did you choose to go into early childhood education? You know, it was almost like it chose me, I believe, because I did a lot of practicum hours during undergrad and for field experience hours in all different grade levels in elementary. And the younger students, like first graders and second graders, really appealed to me and I felt like I could really make a difference. And so I kind of think it they or the grade level chose me. And now as time has gone on, I've gotten younger. And I think it's really important, especially to have a male in early childhood, because there's so few of us in this profession, pre-K through five, there's very few male teachers. And those that are male tend to be specialists. So I'm a classroom teacher. And I think being that positive male role model really is a benefit to my students. So you've been an educator for 20 years. You've been in a classroom a long time. Where did you start off your career and how did that go? So I started my career in Nebraska in a small subdivision of Omaha. So I started in a very conservative school division, a middle-class school division with some people who are pretty progressive thinking, but yet they fall back to being kind of conservative. And I left college being the president of the pride group and being very out and then having to see, oh, wow, (laughs) it's a little different water here. And I I can't be as out or be out as I wanted to be out um, as I was in college. So that was a big change for me. 
So I taught there for five years prior to moving to Arlington, where it's a completely different story. And when you were in that more conservative area, what was the advice that was given to you about how to be out or not out to your students or with the parents or just within the school building in general? So I've always been very social justice minded and part of being a teacher is wanting to make a change. And so I've been involved in my community wherever I've lived, specifically in Omaha and here in Arlington. So in Omaha, I was involved with organizations, GLSEN, the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, where I met some mentors. And my mentor said, James, it's a different world here. You have to be very careful. You really need to stay in the closet because we're concerned about your employment status. Because once you come out, you have a parent or an administrator or another colleague who doesn't agree with your orientation or has a different philosophy, it can be very dangerous to your employment status. So I was told that over and over by some mentors and colleagues to be careful, be careful, be careful. It was pretty exhausting to have to always cover So it didn't last too long. I was like, I can't do this. It was October, October, November time period where it was National Coming Out Day. And I was like, you know, I've been out during my undergrad years and I need to be my authentic self now. And my students deserve that. I deserve that because it's completely exhausting trying to stay in the closet and trying to hide who you are and trying to teach little kids and trying to do all the planning and such. It's just too much. So I thought I need to be my authentic self. And so I came out to my colleagues and to my friends and my boss, actually, she laughed. She goes, James, she goes, well, I kind of figure that. (laughs) So at the beginning, it was very much a a, a difficult closet of time. And then it started to evolve and, and come out. And did you have any colleagues either within the building or, you know, in the local union community that were also gay and out at school or were you kind of going it alone? One good friend of mine, he taught high school and he's now retired and he remained in the closet until the very last couple of years of his 40 year career because he was just not comfortable. And so it was not unheard of that people in my local and also throughout Nebraska who were fearful to come out. Every year we had our um, NSEA state convention and people would come up and say, wow, you know, you're, you're so brave or you, you know, you're, you're out there. And I said, you know, this is who I am. This is my truth. This is who I have to be. And I respect you or the others for not wanting to come out, but this is who I have to be. And, and I'm willing to take that risk. It's amazing. I'm so glad that you got to actually be yourself, especially early in your career. I think it's important to be able to stand up and let your kids know who you are. Did you have any of those negative effects, though, that people had feared for for you? So fortunately, no, I didn't have any of the backlash or the, the negative reaction. You know, one thing that I've tried throughout my career is to build relationships, firm relationships with my colleagues and with my students' parents. I refer to them as my parents, because that relationship or that bond that you build with them only is going to make the school year with that child or your colleagues even better. So from day one, you know, I, I put myself out there and I would work on those relationships with families and my, my parents and my colleagues. And so they really got to see who I am as a person and as a professional, as a teacher. And so later in that fall, when I first came out, they knew who I was. They knew my authentic self. They knew I was a good person, a good teacher, a quality uh, professional. So I didn't have a problem. You know, there was never a conflict or I was never confronted by colleagues or family members. And and I also knew right off the bat that I was supported by my principal. We had a good bond and a good relationship, and I was very fortunate. So you moved to Arlington, Virginia after some time in Nebraska. What was the difference between those two places and how free you felt to be out and the way that people received you? 
So I moved to Arlington, Virginia in 2005. And I was in Washington, D.C. in 2004 for the National Convention, NEA's National Convention. And I met someone who was also a teacher at the convention. And so I chose to do a long-term distance relationship with him for a year. And then I moved here. So it was a big leap that I was taking to leave my established career in Nebraska and leadership roles in the, in the, in the local union to come here to Virginia. That was one thing I'll never regret doing because it's been wonderful. Coming to Northern Virginia, specifically to Arlington, it was like a different world. It is completely different politically and progressive thinking as far as um, even in the classroom. And it really was life-changing for me to move here professionally and personally. So did you come out to your students and your colleagues immediately or did you take some time again? So absolutely. It was not a question of coming out. I was out and I was living my authentic self and I wanted to honor who I am and to just be as real as I could be with other people. So at that point, it really necessarily wasn't coming out. It was just telling my story through conversations and coffees and after school conversations. You just kind of casually like everyone else does. And that's the way it should be. You just tell your story and who you're in a relationship with or what you're doing and it naturally just flows that was the experience i had in fairfax where it just naturally could be who i was it didn't have to be a coming out just a natural graceful thing it was extremely positive i was so happy because there was no longer a worry of potentially losing my job because the administration at my school was extremely supportive and Fairfax County as a whole is pretty progressive and pretty accepting. Of course, there was no law. There was no policy. There was nothing in school board policy. There was no regulations that would prevent anyone from firing me if they chose to because of my orientation. And then after five years, I transferred to Arlington and it's been wonderful because Arlington from the day one that I've been here Arlington has policies written to protect sexual orientation and gender identity. So we've had that for over 10 plus years because the school board here believes that that's important. It was very affirming to know that I was in the right place. I was in the right place, teaching the right place, and I can be out to my students. Here in Arlington, I really did come out to my students. And before in Fairfax, it was just kind of known. You know, my parents may have known, you know, my colleagues absolutely did, my administration. But in Arlington, I really started talking about it. Awesome. Thanks for listening to School Me, and a quick thank you to all of the NEA members listening. If you're not an NEA member yet, visit nea.org slash whyjoin to learn more about member benefits. And even though it seemed like things were overall more progressive, did you ever have any issues with any parents, or how have the parents and the children embraced you and your partner and your story as you've gone through the years in Arlington and in Fairfax as well? So specifically, it's in Arlington, it's been wonderful. You know, you build your career and you build your name for yourself. So when you build those relationships and build that sense of community, I think there's a lot more trust there. So for me, being out and then saying, I have a partner, Vinkit, and... So I uh, announced to my students that I'm getting married and my students cheered because they knew Venkat. So he would stop by and surprise us with something and he'd get a little kid fix, you know, say hi to my students. So they knew who he was because I would talk about him. I would say his name and I would share stories about our life. When I uh, shared with them that I'm getting married and we talked about it and what that means, I would pull a book out and I would connect it to literature and we would talk about what that looks like. And they were so excited. They were so excited for me because they loved me. I was a teacher and I loved them. And so they were excited for me and we just celebrated like we would celebrate someone's birthday. You know, it was just a natural, normal thing to do. Why do you feel like it's important for students to see who their teachers really are, even if it's the 
quote unquote, private details of their life. So I'm almost 44 years old. And so I went to elementary school in the 80s and I had very traditional teachers, but those teachers always talked about their family. They had pictures on their desk of their husband, their children, and they would tell us stories about their family. And I say that because I only think it's right that I have that same right and honor to tell my students about my family. So um, I had that model of teachers talking about their family. And it's only, like I said, it's only right that myself and others get to talk about ours because it's all about modeling good people and good behavior. It's all about being a good human being and being a and an honest person and sharing life and being genuine. And so I see it as talking about my husband and talking about our family with my students. It's just what we do. It's what humans do. We talk about who we love and what we do and, and we keep it healthy and we share. And so I think that I'm providing that model for my students because there's a little jam out there. And I'm sure over the course of 20 years, there's been several little James in my classroom or several little others in my classroom who who are looking at me like, oh, <laughs> connection, right? That potentially I, I am gay too and may have be having some of those feelings. And if I can be that role model to say, it's okay, look at me, I'm married to a man. We have a family, we, we love each other. And uh, just like my classroom teachers did in the past, they modeled relationships different than mine, but they modeled those relationships. And so I hope that I can model those relationships and share that part of my life because it is healthy and it is it is real. Yeah, I think it's really important that we remember what's out there in terms of the diversity of America and the world and just that there's all different kinds of ways that people live their lives and there's all different kinds of ways that families exist. And speaking of progress, actually, we recently saw the Supreme Court rule the right way, I guess I would say, on Bostock the Clayton County, Georgia, allowing LGBTQ educators and other workers to feel a little bit more safe in their career as they cannot legally be fired because of their gender identity or sexuality. So how has that affected you or any of the other educators that you know? And how do you think about the people that you left in Nebraska and where that leaves them? I am a member of the LGBTQ caucus with the NEA. And I think this summer would have been a big celebration if we were allowed to get together. But because COVID happened, we weren't able to get together in person to celebrate this landmark ruling like we did five years ago when we won marriage equality. I think this was huge for all of my colleagues, all of my educators around the country, that they now can feel a little bit safer because they have this law on their side. Now, does that mean that they're going to immediately feel welcome to come out of the closet, so to speak, or to be their true authentic self? Maybe not, because there's still some rural communities and, and not so rural communities that it still may not be safe to be who you are. But this is a huge step forward for us, for our profession, for our country and our, and, and our culture, that we now have this right, and that we have this protection to be who we are. But this doesn't mean our work is over, by no means. I think LGBTQ advocates and social justice warriors like myself will continue to, to push for more and continue to push for um, more inclusive language as we go forward. And not, not just for us, but for our brothers and sisters and the Black Lives Matter, because we are all in this together and we all matter. There's so many intersections of orientation and gender identity and expression. We all are connected. So yes, I think that this ruling was huge, but we still have work to do and we can't let our guard down. We have to keep pushing forward. 
And so I think all of those future educators out there who are aspiring to be teachers and to be school workers that, you know, it's a wonderful career, but um, there are some challenges and keep going. We'll work together and to try to make this a little, even a little bit better. So you talked about aspiring educators, people coming into the profession. So do you have any advice for early career educators who may or may not be LGBTQ, but just advice in general about how they can make the most out of the first one to five years of their careers? That's a big question. And I think those years are critical to your career, to any aspiring educator's career. You know, one thing that I really believe in is don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask questions to really get in there and, and be part of the team. During those first years, it's very important to really jump in and be hands-on and not be afraid to ask those tough questions to, to say, hey, you know, I don't quite understand that. Can you explain that? Our new colleagues can really push us to be better and to really do better. So I think that the big piece of advice would be to always put yourself out there, ask questions. And schools are supposed to be the safest place, right? And so it should be safe for them to ask questions and to really share their thinking and to really challenge their colleagues as well. More specifically for the LGBTQ early career educators, if they're going into a school district in a place where they feel like unsure about whether it's okay to be out or not, do you have any advice for how they can sort of find those allies or find support and what they should do to make sure that they protect themselves while being as much of themselves as they can possibly be? Absolutely. I think, you know, getting to know who your building rep is. So when I say a building rep, it's who your union leader is in your building. I think that's extremely important. That person is a very good resource to connect with right away and join the union and then connect with that person and let them know that you are an advocate and you probably have been during your undergrad and you're ready to move forward with the association or not. But getting to know that building rep is very important. I think also being aware of what your rights are in, in your communities. You know, actually taking time to look at your school board policies on personnel. I think that's very important and read through them. You know, it's not the most exciting read, right? But it's very well worth the time to look through it a little bit at a little bit, but really know those personnel uh, policies and see exactly what kind of things are there to protect you. And also come out when you're ready or share yourself, not necessarily come out, but share yourself as you're ready and take a look around your building, go for a walk. I have uh, pride stickers in my window. I have uh, my union stickers in my window. And so you might just see someone like that. You might just poke your head and then start striking up a conversation because they're probably gonna be one of your biggest allies professionally and personally. Just be very observant and take a look around your building to see who's there and introduce yourself. What is your favorite part of your job? My favorite part of my job is being around students. I think, you know, it's not just teaching students, but it's being with them. It's, it's sharing the same space with them and their energy and their excitement to be there. I think there's nothing more beautiful than starting the day with someone saying your name, getting a hug, high five or handshake or a smile and starting the day off. And from there, the day is spent with lots of laughter, lots of stories, lots of playtime, lots of interactions, lots of compliments and challenges as well. But we face those challenges together and we learn from them. So I think my favorite part of teaching is just teaching, being with them and teaching and sharing those experiences. And it's pretty darn rewarding. Aspiring educators that are listening to this, you're going to get there. Those first couple of years, maybe three, are pretty tough. 
but it does get easier and it gets better. And you're going to have some pretty amazing times when you're going to see some amazing smiles and you're going to get hugs out of the blue. They're running up to you and say, look what I've created. And they're going to hug you and probably knock you over. You won't even know they're coming. But those are the times that we live for as teachers are those, those times that we celebrate. And so that's what I miss and that's what I look forward to. And that's what I love the most about being a teacher. So 20 years later, knowing everything you know now, what advice would you have for your younger self or aspiring educator, James, what would you say to him? Are we on RuPaul's Drag Race? Because RuPaul asked his drag queens this question <laughs> at the final four, the final five, whatever. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. You know, I would say continue to be true to yourself. Be who you are. Be brave. Be bold. And be honest and fair. And most of all, just be who you are because this life is so short and it goes so fast. I cannot believe it's been 20 years. (laughs) I cannot believe that. And I think about all the students that I've had the pleasure of teaching and wow, it's been 20 years. And so it goes quickly. Enjoy it, be you. Thanks for joining me today, James. It was great to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Natika. And it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of School Me. And if you find this podcast helpful, be sure to rate and review the show. It helps more people find us and the advice they need to survive their first few years in education. For even more tips and resources, you can visit us at neatoday.org slash school me.